Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of the Finding Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I have a special guest today. I'm super excited to have her on. Introduce yourself. So I'm Jewel, and thank you so much for having me on. I guess I should say my full name. It's Jewel Beshavarabu. It's a, it's a tough one, <laughs> but I am a certified life coach, and I um, am also um the client of Monica's so that's really exciting too <laughs> yeah my first client on the podcast I didn't even really think of that because we've been connecting um on a like a client basis but also on like a professional basis um exactly so it's like kind of like you're both yeah best of both worlds I suppose so yeah welcome yeah. you're you're my cherry <laughs> yes 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 and so yeah. tell us like take us back to the beginning of your journey into the world of infertility because was it something you kind of had hindsight like or not hindsight but like you knew you were going to go into or did you get blindsided like a lot of us do I got totally blindsided and I feel like looking back I shouldn't have been blindsided because there was like the signs and they were like pretty obvious like, so I, I guess I'm just going to tell you the long story because I think it's interesting. So like when I got my period, when I was 11 or 12, I had major cramps from the get-go. I remember being like, how my thought, like I like this moment has been like burned into my memory. It's like my first period and being like, how am I going to survive this every month for the rest of my life? Yeah. And people just told me that cramps are normal. Like, pain is normal. The PMS is normal. All of this is normal. Like, I wasn't going to go on birth control or anything like that. My parents didn't really believe in all that stuff. And so we just, I just handled the pain every month and took a couple days off school. And I did that for, like, the majority of my life until I think I was, like, 27. And so I just thought, like, this is normal. And then at 27, I quit. I got married. I quit my teaching job. Um, which was causing me a lot of stress. I was getting like panic attacks. Um, and I also had symptoms of leaky gut and IBS. I actually, I did have leaky gut and IBS. <laughs> That's for sure. And so I found out about the world of coaching from, from that because I was like, what do I do about this? Like the doctor, went to the doctor, the doctor wasn't helpful. Um, so I went to a coach and she's like, okay, we're going to change your whole diet to Whole30. You're going to do Whole30 for a month. And then we're going to switch to paleo. And I was like, 
what? Like diet? Like whole 30? And I was like terrified. And I think I was thinking about this this past week, this moment, because with Monica, I just went on the autoimmune paleo diet and I was like, okay, cool. You did whole 30 a couple, like a couple years ago and changed the paleo. You're like, you can do this. I'm like, this is less scary. So I was like prepping, talking myself into it. Um, so yeah, so I was, was able to heal my leaky gut and IBS by taking a bunch of supplements, like got healthy, got healthful, helpful supplements and changing my diet. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, oh my gosh, like what happened? And so I was like, wait, like my periods are still a problem. Like why? Like I'm eating healthy now. Like I've healed these things. And so I just kind of went into a huge, like, it was like, go bigger, go home. I was like, I'm going to figure out what's wrong. So I took my first hormone test ever, which was Everly Well. I did a like at home hormone test. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know where to go to or who to talk to about these things, but I'm just going to figure this out. I took an at-home hormone test and I found out I had low progesterone. And so I started just using progesterone cream and I was like working with a naturopathic doctor and she was giving me some supplements, but it just wasn't working. So then I worked with, I bought another program and I changed my diet to, I'm not, I'm not even sure, maybe you can tell us what this kind of diet is called, but I was just doing like foods for each part of my cycle, like the okay. foods that match mm -hmm. the part of your cycle and like the different combinations of food. Yeah, it's kind of like similar to seed cycling. Um, I don't yeah. actually know the name of it, but me neither. I kind of, I kind of get it. I get like the science behind it because a woman is different. Like every week, it's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, we'll get into it. I'm sure after you finish your story, it still doesn't make you can't pigeonhole everyone into that diet. Every woman, right? Yeah. So I was not. That diet did not work for me. Yeah. I think I did it for like <laughs> six months, right? And I was like talking to the health coaches as part of this program and they were telling me more supplements. And I was just like, yeah, this is just not, this is just not working for me. And it was really hard to be like, yeah. what cycle, part of the month I am in? Yeah. These are the foods I can eat during this month and like change my whole grocery list. I don't know. It was, it was a lot, but I do, I do really think that was like a really good first step um, to like, eating even healthier than I was eating and so then I went to the doctor and I was like okay I'm gonna go to like a holistic doctor and they were like okay you have low progesterone um here take progesterone every single day of your cycle oh. I was like I was like okay like, right. I didn't know, I know. Mm -hmm. right and so I did that and then I was like okay we're gonna start trying to get pregnant like I got progesterone like I'm all good I've been doing this diet, I've been eating paleo for like, I think that was about a year now at this point. And I was like, I'm going to get pregnant. And so then we went to the, I think I went to a midwife because I was like, okay, like let's start looking at like, like different like options for birthing. And I like, I wanted to do this like natural home birth and everything like that. And so I went to a midwife and she was like, yeah, you're taking progesterone every single day of your cycle. No, you need to switch doctors. Yeah. So I switched doctors. I learned how to chart my cycle through the Creighton model, through fertility awareness. And that just like blew my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh. And the doctors that were working with me while I was charting were like, ooh, we got some other issues going on here besides low progesterone. And that's when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. I was diagnosed um, with potential endometriosis at that point. And then the continuing the low progesterone and just like 
all like all these things started coming out as I started tracking my cycles my cycles were super weird Mm -hmm. and it was and I think this is so funny and such a good point because I had 32 day cycles from like the day I started my period like they were on the dot like so I was like my cycle's normal no it was not (laughs) like the tracking (laughs) the tracking illuminated so many things so I did that, and then we started trying to get pregnant. And the, the, at that point, the doctor was like, "Okay, your progesterone's at the level you can try to get pregnant." Because before that, you know, we were just facing really low progesterone levels, and they were just like, "We're gonna miscarry." So we started trying to get pregnant. We took this like huge around the world trip, all to Asia, and we were like, "Okay, we're gonna get pregnant in Bali, and it's gonna be amazing." And this is like so romantic, and like isn't this fun? And so. We tried, and like nothing happens that month. And I'm just like, what? Like, what do you mean nothing happens? Meanwhile, my best friend just got pregnant. She was trying around the same time, and she got pregnant on her, like, I think, first try. And so I was like, I just, I'm like, what happened? Like, what's wrong? Like, and so I started like immediately feeling there was something wrong, like after that first month, because I had done all this work, and I was like, I've done all this work. Why isn't it happening for me? Yeah. Um, cause I really feel like my fertility journey started with my Reiki gut, like the year and a half or that two years before that time. And so we keep on trying, I'm keeping on working with my doctors on the charting and keeping on, you know, taking progesterone, taking thyroid medication, um, you know, doing all the things, eating paleo, doing all the things and six months go by nothing. Um, and they were saying, try for six months because with charting, you're getting your, your, you're hitting the nail on the head with a timing. And, and so we really should be getting pregnant. And I wasn't like put me on letrozole and Clomid and all, you know, ovulation induction medications and that didn't work. And then they said, you know what, I bet you really do have endometriosis. We're going to go in and do a laparoscopic surgery. And like, I want to point out, like, I was so scared doing this. I was like, this is, I think about a year before I was like, if it comes down to laparoscopic surgery, like we're just not going to have kids. But like at this point, like I was like, I want to know what's wrong. Yeah. I was so invested, and I was also um, had been taking my life coaching certification, so learning all about these mind body techniques and learning how much the mind and the body connect, and it just made so much sense to me. Like, um, of course, I had endometriosis. Like, of course, I've stored all this trauma, all this stress in my body like of course I had leaky gut like it just made so much sense to me of why my journey the way it was is so I left for surgery they found that both tubes were blocked and I was like I knew there was something wrong (laughs) right they found out that I had endometriosis like I knew it I knew it and that surgery changed my life but um so much better periods I like finally figured it out like that was like I think that was like the highlight of my fertility journey thus Mm -hmm. far with that surgery and then they're like you're gonna get pregnant six months like definitely six months we figured out that what's wrong right your hormones look great everything is looking great six months go by we're still on clomid um nothing happens so then I say screw this we're doing pulling out the big guns clearly like these doctors that are supposed to be super integrative and super you know they do charting they do all these things like we're telling you I should be getting pregnant I wasn't getting pregnant and I'm on these all these medications so I'm like we're doing IVF so this past January we started the IVF process I had my retrieval in April which went really well and then I kind of freaked out because I was like the I just 
the way the retrieval made me feel and like the side effects, you know, I was like, I'm never going to do that again. Uh, Like it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I was like, this is not happening again. So we have these embryos and these are our embryos. So let's make them count. And now I'm working with Monica on just doing the AIP diet, figuring out these food intolerances. And it's just, I think it's like, it's going to be the game changer. It's like finally, like little by little by little doing all the work. And this is kind of putting it all together. So that's kind of where I am in my fertility journey. Yeah. Um, And it's like, you, you like really put that in a nutshell. Like um, when we had our first talk together, we, I had to like stop you and pause you. And like, I have my notes right here. I'm like, okay, start telling me when all these medications started like to happen. And it was like, boom, boom, like this month, this month, this month. And I'm like, holy shit, like, like, let's take a step back and look how much you've been through and why your body is now like, I'm not happy. (laughs) Like, like, I'm not happy, even though you're doing all these right things, because you are like, you know, most of my clients come to me and they're really well educated. They have put in all the steps they also have been either misled or they're like self-diagnosing or they're trying like all the tricks at the same time. They're still dealing with past issues that are really impacting their body. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you are on, you know, all, you're on a lot of medication. And when we use medication, it can be supportive and it can get us through some hard times. But at the end of the day, we're not addressing the root cause. So that inflammation Mm -hmm. is still going on and I don't want to say making it worse, but it's not helping the cause. (laughs) Like it's not. The cause (laughs) is not being helped. Yeah. 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 Massively. And that's why people still have fertility issues, even though they have all the bells and whistles because, and I kind of feel like it's a rite of a rite of passage passage, right? Like sometimes you have to go through all that shit before you're even willing to admit to yourself that you do have to take a step back and breathe and really just like, okay, let go of these things because sometimes medication, supplements, medical treatment, even diet, like are all physical, tangible things. And like, I'm controlling it. I'm good. It's going to happen. I have the control. And then it's like, no, you don't. Like the universe is like, you think you do, but you really don't. <laughs> do you feel yeah, that way? And like, that is something I had to work on. Like, that's like the physical part of my journey. But then there was like the emotional and the mental part of my journey. And like, I'm like a control freak. I'm a, like, I say a recovering perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser. So that has been something I really struggled with and really had to coach myself on. And, and to get coaching on and to get therapy on as well, which is like, how can I be okay handling the unknown? How can I live with uncertainty and live with, yeah, it's really just living with uncertainty and living with the unknown because that's what we want to do is we want to control everything instead of being okay that like, hey, I don't know this and that's okay because it's all about that self-trust, I think. It comes down mm-hmm. to like, do I trust myself to be able to make the right decisions and to you know, feel my emotions and process everything that's happening, even when I don't know the outcome. Yeah. And like, and 
I think a lot of the time you can't have that self-trust until you have self-love. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 100%. So it's like the self-love, the self-trust, all that built up to be able to feel like not stressed or not anxious while going through these hard things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, well, okay. I've had one client to date now, but all the rest of my clients, we uncover like mental and emotional trauma that has basically built up and then manifested as a physical form in their body. And like you said, in hindsight, looking back, you, you knew things weren't right with your body. You were having like normal or common health issues, but Mm -hmm. they were, you were, were always told, well, that's normal. Well, that happens. Like, you know, period pain, cysts, endometriosis, like IBS, like I had IBS. Oh, that's normal. Just don't eat raw food. I'm like, it's what? (laughs) Like, it's not normal people. It's crazy. And I kind of like wonder in her head, especially with like the female stuff, because I truly believe that like PCOS, endometriosis, like PMS, weren't really a thing for the majority of women like now it's a thing right like it is rare to find a woman that is not dealing with that and if they're not dealing with it they probably come from like a holistic hippie like (laughs) organic family right um but when did that shift like when in our society did our mothers start telling us oh I had that too you know like because it must have been like I know my mom dealt with like major like I'm like she was never diagnosed because this was in the like 60s 70s she had a yeah hysterectomy at 32 years old um yeah and um so it's not like ages ago right it's not like our great great grandmothers were dealing with this it's so insane how quick that conversation or that like phrase shifted within our generations you know we're only talking about three and and now it's like a widely accepted thing to be told as a woman that it's normal yeah and I think it kind of like and I'm sure you know this study too about like the mice and how they did the testing on the grandparent like the grandparent mice like the grandparent mice like and how you know like it took three generations before those mice became infertile yeah and like that's what I kind of see is this happening. It's like this epidemic and like my generation is like the millennials were like, oh, like shit, like yeah, we're infertile. Like, yeah. And yeah. it's like started with our grandparents and this whole PMS stuff started with the introdu- the industrial revolution and the introduction of like the TV dinner and like nice. all that stuff <laughs> after World War II. And I'm just like, it went quick like like so fast yeah it escalated really quickly and like you say our like I'm a I'm a young gen xer older millennium I kind of fall like right in the middle um but like the millennials for sure are the first generation that are gonna like are dealing with the huge autoimmune the you know Mm -hmm. the diabetes the infertility um I think the generation after that the gen xers are are in for a lot of big trouble they're gonna have yeah, I agree dealing with a lot of like big issues and like you say um I mean it's it's proven science epigenetics is a real thing yep um and we pass those things down and 
it, it all matters. And we've been falsely led to believe that, like, if your pregnancy is a sign of health, where it's absolutely one hundred percent not a sign of health, <laughs> like, yeah, crackheads yeah. get pregnant, sick people get pregnant, unhealthy get people get pregnant. And infertility is just like a sign of you really, truly falling off the health cliff, right? Like that's the big wake up. And for a lot of us dealing with infertility, that was kind of our, our really first like warning sign, like, okay, something, yeah, something. But I know we didn't talk about it. Like, I didn't know if any, like some people did IVF and I was just like kind of random, like. Oh, they had twins, like mm-hmm. <laughs> such such common common mistake. But um, that was never talked about in my family. That was never mentioned. My mom had both me and my sister first try pregnancies, like no big deal. Yeah. And so like I'm like really the first one in my family that's going through infertility, and I like I hope I'm the last. Like I I'm trying to break two cycles in my family. I'm trying to break the generational trauma cycle. And I'm trying to break like the health, unhealthy living, like infertility, normal health concerns cycle. Um, Cause I think they're both passed down and they both need to be broken. So, yeah. it, so it ends with me is my, my motto. And yeah. Doing, yeah. Doing the exactly. work to figure it out. Yeah. And it's a lot to like put on your shoulders. Like I'm the same, like I'm the only one in my family who has dealt with major health issues. Um, and then made the radical change not only physically but mentally and um your family pushed back on you you know they're like they don't no one likes change right you don't even like change even when you're going through the change you're like this fucking sucks (laughs) but once you see the benefits you're like okay I'm willing I'm willing um but yeah Mm -hmm. your family and your friends as well and when you're going through this journey and it's not just I think most people listening to this podcast, it's not just infertility anymore. It's so much more. And um, it's a lot to take on your shoulders, for sure. But if things are going to change, you know, like, say for me, because, yeah, I did two rounds of IVF, I have an IVF baby. Um, But say I didn't really explore deeply why I was having infertility. And I just used you know, medication to get pregnant, you know, like Mm -hmm, IVF mm -hmm. to collect the eggs. Finally, you get one good embryo viable enough. And then I use the immune suppressing drugs to, you know, help my body get through that. Um, I just like shudder at the thought of what health state my child potentially could have been in because it's not set in stone. Fertility is so freaking uh, fickle. Um, But yeah, and if it was a little girl, like easily so many hormonal issues and um, yeah, it's, it's a really big thing. I think um, the people who are trying to really push the boundaries of what infertility is, like there is like an amazing community, a support community, you know, it's like totally. the best group you never want to be in type of thing. But a lot of it is not talking about the health implications on mother and baby. And I see a lot of, like, I stopped following a lot of people on Instagram and um, because I was just so, like, heartbroken. 
you know, like I would mm. watch women go, there's nothing I can do. I have thyroid issues. I have this issue. I have that issue. I'll just do IVF. Oh, I can't. Oh, no. and yeah. And I'm just sitting there and some of them that I have followed through, um, especially people with thyroid issues, I've never seen um, a woman not have either an issue during her pregnancy, an issue with her birth or complications either with herself or or the baby after you know mm. and people just like we really need to get into our heads that like pregnancy is no joke like it is like you know women, running a marathon <laughs> right? <for many> <laughs> right? <laughs> the implication it has on your body the impact and you know that baby robs from you and so if you're not trying to support your health as much as possible i'm not talking about being perfect but um not understanding that like you do need a very functioning thyroid as best as you can before you go into this pregnancy um your complications heighten and the doctors know this which is just crazy to me i'm like you know that these are issues but um yeah it's it's really super important um do you want to tell us a little bit about um some of your past issues that you now can 100% link to your fertility issues but maybe beforehand you just thought they were like no big deal yeah so like I think bloating was a big one for me bloating gas like I could clear a room right it was bad (laughs) Like, in my students teaching, they were, like, ooh, like, they made a huge deal out of it, and I was so embarrassed. I remember, like, one day I had to, like, leave my classroom with another teacher to go spend an hour on the toilet because it was so bad. And I'm, like, oh, that, like, directly related to my fertility. My stress level for for really my whole life, um, looking back, um, I had a pretty stressful childhood, but, like, even like my whole life getting out of college, I lived in New York City by myself for two years before I met my husband. And um, I lived abroad in Costa Rica by myself. And so just there was like a lot of stress built up. And stress is like a very normal thing in my family. Like it was like looked upon as like a badge of honor. Like, oh, you're stressed out. Like, you know, like you're, I can see you laughing. Everyone yeah. else can't see this, but like Monica's yeah. laughing right now like a yes it's ridiculous how we think that being super highly active super stressed out always on the go so busy yeah 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 like it was like you need like and I there's just like one belief that has stuck with me and like I still have to catch myself now even today even though like I know it and I'm very aware of it it's just like and this belief I see in a lot of my clients is like being productive equals being good being busy equals being good like, if I'm not productive, I'm not worthy. If I'm not busy, if I'm not stressed, something must be wrong with me. It must show that I don't really care. Yeah. And, like, that, like, type A uh, mentality, like, type A is great, and I'm totally type A. But, like, there is also, like, an, a, a negative side to it. And if we're living in the negative side, then that stress builds up. And I just think that was that's something that's totally connected to my fertility. I remember a doctor one time told me when he found the thyroid issue, he was like, I've seen your type before. He was like, what do you say? He's like, I've seen your type before. 
you need to say no more and you need to stop getting stressed. <laughs> and I was like, how did you know? Like, yeah. How did you know? And he's like, yes, I see this all the time in women with thyroid issues. Yeah. And, and he's like, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Because and what I learned about the science later is that literally my cortisol levels were so high for so long my inability to say no and just like type a overachieving high productivity um stressed out stressed out trying to prove to everyone that I'm successful that I'm worthy and I just see this in so many women that they're just on this mission to prove and I feel like IVF just like brings up or not even IVF like infertility just brings up all all the things Mm-hmm. Like everything that's like been kind of buried, all the traumas that kind of been like, oh, well, you can get away with it. Um, it just like brings up all these belief systems. And I think it's like kind of a beautiful thing because like now you see them, now you can heal them. And yeah. you're going to be such a better mom and such a better like woman and just such a better person because of it. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think- it's, it's hard to see when you're in the thick of it all. Um, yeah. But once you kind of make some breakthroughs, you, you start understanding and you're almost a little bit grateful that you didn't get pregnant when you wanted to, because mm-hmm. you could have been dealing with more health issues, just like we talked about with like during your pregnancy or after. Um, that's why a lot of people get secondary infertility is because they don't realize they have these health issues. They get pregnant and then the pregnancy puts a lot of stress on their body. It Activate pushes them towards them. thyroid issues. Um, and then, yeah, it's your mental health. Like infertility doesn't save you from the pitfalls of parenthood, especially being a parent in this generation. I, um, I mean, obviously don't talk about it on the podcast often, but um, so before I started doing what I do now, I was in early education for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to tell my parents and my friends, like, you are the first generation that literally is doing it on their own. Like, you are lucky if you live in a village, either with friends and family that support you in your journey um, of parenthood. But for most of us, we are literally on our own in our house with very little help. And if you want help, you pay for it, which obviously puts Mm -hmm. more stress on you and your family to come up with this money. And sometimes working isn't even worth what you pay for childcare. And I think childcare should be expensive because it's a very important job. You know, I'm I'm definitely not someone who thinks it should be any cheaper, but that, that pressure that gets put on you um, and then being type A, you want to be the perfect mom you want to breastfeed, you want to bottle feed, like whatever you want, right? You put all these expectations on parenthood and it literally will blow up in your face, like from the moment go. And if you don't let infertility teach you that before, (laughs) before, um, those like early stages of motherhood can kind of get robbed from you too, because yeah, you, you're not like aware that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have, the house doesn't have to be clean, you know, like the email doesn't have to be answered. You know, the, the food doesn't have to be perfect every single day. Uh Oh my gosh. I still resonate with that because this is like a big, big thing that I work with all my coaching clients on is 
looking at, I call it manual. Like, what is your manual for your fertility? Like, I should get pregnant in one month. I shouldn't have to do drugs. I shouldn't have to change my diet. I shouldn't have to take supplements. I should, like, all these shoulds. Yeah. And then it's like, if we don't break that habit of having these manuals or, like, expectations for ourselves, for our fertility, for our kids, for ourselves as a mom, then, like, those expectations are like yeah they come back to bite us and like I say it's better to learn it now than to learn it when you're a mom um it's easier to learn it now yeah Yeah. like all the women who I coach with secondary infertility they find it so much harder because obviously it's they have someone to take care of they have someone else in the house eating so it's hard to either put those food restrictions on them or keep to your own food restrictions because that food's in the house it's just so much harder. Um, and on a mental and emotional level too, keeping your own insecurities, your own fears, your own anger in check with kids around who are going to push your buttons. Yeah. And I think just even just looking at your thoughts and saying like, where am I putting these expectations on my mm-hmm. fertility journey that this is how it should look like, or this is how it should be, or, or I won't be successful if this doesn't happen this way. Because I think those those are just thoughts and those thoughts can totally change. And mm-hmm. we have to look at like, why, why are we putting those expectations? Like, what about our childhood? What about our personality? What about us makes us set those expectations that way? Like, why do we have these belief systems? And I think that's just so powerful to like look at and to really examine it. And like, yeah, give yourself so much grace. I a hundred percent agree during your fertility journey and being a mom too I feel like I'm gonna need it even more then yeah you will yeah yeah. you will and everything you put into practice now is just gonna help you um down the line um and you know no matter what your future looks like you know whether it's getting pregnant with IVF or naturally or adopting or you know deciding that your journey's over you're gonna need that support no matter where you go right you're gonna need a life skill yeah, yeah, like stuff that we actually yeah. should have been taught instead of. Oh my god! <laughs> and I feel so guilty. And I know I'm sure you do this too. I think about like my teaching days, and I'm just like, gosh darn it! Like math, whatever. Like this emotional, like these skill sets is what is what we really need. Like when we weren't, they're not, they're not like they almost taught the opposite in school. Like, like the idea of failure, even like. You like have to get you should get A's, you should get B's. Right. Like in order to yeah. succeed, it's like A and B. And if you fail, you're like it says something about your worth and it says something about your abilities versus like, oh, failure because out in the real world, like you have to fail a lot and fail. Succeed. <laughs> like okay. failure equals success. And again, that's like something I see with my clients. They're like, but I've always succeeded. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I failing? Like, yeah, well, we're living in the like this harsh reality but like we're living in the real world where like our failures adding up equal our successes and I feel like my journey is and your journey too is like such a good example of that like oh my god failed fail yeah. fail fail yeah success <laughs> yeah I mean especially up to the like natural pregnancy like that is like the ultimate for me not because I never set out to get pregnant naturally that wasn't I didn't even think it was possible really at that time because I didn't have anyone like myself saying it is possible um Mm -hmm. I literally just was like 
discovering things and I was able to look at them away from fertility and saw how much they benefited my day-to-day life that I was like, okay, yeah. this is worth keeping in. And then our, we were lucky enough that our fertility, all our medical treatment, except I guess the last one, but even, even the last failure. So like we did IVF shambles. We did another IVF, great embryos, not pregnant. We did a frozen embryo transfer, pregnant, miscarried, next one, pregnant, IVF baby. And then the next one, pregnant again, but miscarried early. But I feel like that one had to happen for the natural pregnancy. Like I, Mm, you know, like I couldn't, I wouldn't have kept, if I kept those babies, um, would I've gotten pregnant naturally? Of course, yes, eventually. But I probably didn't, you know, like, like I was pregnant with twins. I was going to have twins that round, right? Like Beyonce was pregnant with twins. I had solved two egg yolks, like the signs were there. So it was probably unlikely that I wanted to have a natural pregnancy. Um, But yeah, like just looking at, like I fail, like I always say, I failed more times than I succeeded in my journey. Yeah. But my- It's kind of like dating. Yeah, right? I'm like, you fail a lot until you find your partner. And now I think we're out here doing the thing we're doing so people don't have to fail as much as we did. I don't believe that everyone has to go through everything that I went through to succeed. Um, You're able to fast track your journey if you're open enough and have enough patience as well, because Mm -hmm. I find that, um, and yeah, like you just don't feel time rich when you're dealing with infertility and people are either rushing it because of insurance or um you know like they feel like they've already been on this journey for so many years um I think a lot more people could get pregnant naturally and we're actually seeing um especially within the health coach world I know a lot of mindset coaches Mm -hmm. that have gotten pregnant naturally um because they gave their bodies time right they have the IVF baby and then they still kept up all the practices that they've learned helping other people learn and then and then you get the natural after that, but it's, it's because it's the, it's the time served, you know, you're, you've given your body time to heal, to grow, to regenerate. And that's what you that's all your body wants. And unfortunately, yeah. fertility usually is the last thing to click into place. It's not going to be the first. Yeah. And that, I just want to speak to that rush, that kind of like rush mentality and that like urgency. I feel like it's, I teach my clients that it's an urge. It's just like an urge for a donut. The urge for like the time is that same kind of like, oh, I have to do it now. And that's a fight or flight in your yeah. body. And like you're in a, like a trauma response, you're in fight or flight when you're in that urgency rush, have to get it now. And I love asking this question to my clients. It's like, like what are you running away from? And what are you running toward? Yeah. Like what is like, like why now? Like why the rush? And I think that's just something so interesting to like explore is like noticing that fight or float flight coming up in your body, that stress coming up in your body with that urgency and just really question it instead of just taking it for granted and just even first noticing that it happens. Cause I know for me, like that was per the norm. So I didn't even notice like, oh, this is a stress response. Mm-hmm. Um, until my own coach like pointed out to me so 
Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing about having coaching. And I mean, even now in being a fertility health coach, I still have coaches, you know, you still have people around you, you know, calling you out on your own BS because we're all in, you know, like that protective mode, right? Like you want to protect yourself. And even with all the work you can do, you still can like go back into like the bad habits or, (laughs) or totally. Yeah. Cause we're all human. I was going to say, I was like, I will always have a coach like 100%. I think right now I I think I have like three three coaches (laughs) Um, for like different areas of my life as I love switching. And I, I just really like, I love it because I, it works. Yeah, for sure. So And you finding the right person, you know, that's the key to it. Like there could be the best coach in the world. And if you don't connect with them or you don't feel like they can help you, they're not. So that's Mm -hmm. why there's so many wide variety um, to choose from. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Um, But yeah, it's, yeah, my journey changed the moment I hooked up with someone who knew what they were talking about. (laughs) once I stopped listening to the fertility bloggers and uh, all the quick fixes and you know the the supplements that I started to take you wouldn't even find them on the fertility list you know like um I feel like it's kind of like my supplement list that I got from all my past things (laughs) what did you say you're like Julia taking everything twice yeah 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 I mean that's that's like a big thing in my practice which I didn't really I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't be surprised because I talk about supplements all the time and how we use them as crutches in the infertility world. And I know I did for years and took everything. Um, but yeah, that's a big thing. I want to see what supplements you're on. I want to know the brand. I want to know what's inside them. And then you really dig into it and go, right, like really look at what you're doing. And one of the ladies in the uh, live fertility formula that we just finished up, like she came to a really big realization that her supplements was um, her control over her situation. Yeah. You know, which is like a huge thing. And she's like, okay, I'm willing to now release all of these supplements that I'm on. And she was on a big handful and, and just, trust the process like the the mac is not going to help me the evening primrose you know like whatever the nutrient like I used to take both those even yeah totally I have them in my cabinet (laughs) no longer like take them on a regular basis but I I was totally I feel her like that's huge yeah I think so many of us do that and I think it's like looking at like taking it like another level deeper it's like what emotions come up when you release that supplement mm-hmm. like that supplement I call it like like your wubba like your you know your little blanket that you're holding on to or holding on to like that control and like why and like what emotions come up and something I I, I love to ask while I coach is like what is like the what are you afraid of happening like what's the worst that's going to happen and like take your brain there and like okay what's the worst going to happen if I give up these supplements yeah there is um, a worksheet called Judge Your Neighbor. Um, oh, yeah. I, Katie Byron. Byron yeah, Katie Byron. Yeah. Yeah. So Byron that's a. Katie, like, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. So that you can like Google that and download it for free. And it literally takes you like through these steps of like what's going to happen, what's the worst that can happen, why do they think mm-hmm. that. And some of them that I've done, I've like literally pissed myself laughing how stupid I actually made the situation in my own brain 
like head and yeah, nothing. The brain is like, this is important. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's oh, a God. really, really good exercise to do with anything, yes. anything that you're scared of. Um, so yeah, well, I love it's, that. it's been so Yay. amazing to connect with you. Thank you so much for coming on to the Thank podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. It was so much fun talking. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes. So you can, I'm going to give you two places. Instagram was where I mostly hang out or I'm trying to, and you can start watching my stories. Those are getting fun. Um, you can follow me along. I'm posting a lot of AIP, Monica's. Monica, I call it Monica's diet. <laughs> so diet I can't Monica, take the credit. <laughs> that I found out about from Monica on my stories. And um, I actually have a support, a free support group coming up that I'm just starting out. So check me out on Instagram at Simply Jewel Coaching. And Jewel is J E W E L L E. A little fun. And you can finally find me on my website too at www.simplyjewel.com and if you want to reach out and talk more about how I can help you get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster without the drama um reach out and schedule free strategy sessions yeah yeah no I think that you're going to help lots and lots of women so it's going to be super exciting I'm really excited for you and for your fertility journey because right now what we're doing is getting your body baby ready as much as we possibly can because we have or you have not we you have five amazing (laughs) five amazing embryos on ice and we're just working out how to really make your body the best environment to bring those babies home so I'm super excited for your future yeah me too and I just want to say one quick thing like I like followed Monica for a while before I like took the plunge and did one-on-one coaching because I thought like I wasn't going to be able to do IAP I was like I cannot give up these things and I've done AIP now for a week and a half I'm not a pro but I do want to say like get a cookbook there's some great recipes out there and it's totally doable. Yeah. 100%. So if that's like your fear, don't let it hold you back. Go get coaching with Monica and um, AAP is not too bad. Yeah. It's the accountability. I mean, don't get me wrong. I bring a lot of um, helpful, useful information that totally. no one's ever yes. talked about in your journey. I've never had a client that I don't find something but um, with, with the whole diet thing, it's accountability. And that's what I talk about in fertility food and fertility formula. They are reasonably priced because I want everyone to have access to this, um, this process. But I say in the course, if this course wasn't enough to like burn a hole in your wallet, I want you to go give someone $500 and they can't have that. You can't have that money back until you finish mm-hmm. what you have told yourself you're going to do because it's all about setting your own um, your own journey because there's no point of me saying you do A, B, and C if you know in your head, like, I ain't going to do it. You know, you got to meet yourself where yeah. you're at. But the accountability, and then that's kind of sometimes what a coach is. You've paid this person 100%. a lot of money <laughs> to tell exactly. you something. You're going to listen. So, yeah. yeah. So, and that's well, thanks for sharing so that, though. To invest in yourself. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a hundred percent an investment in yourself. Yeah, right. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a beautiful day.
Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast. Hello,